0: (laughs) It's the old radio comedy podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 111 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast, where we celebrate the classic comedy shows from the golden age of radio. And today we present a special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast, which means two back-to-back episodes of one of your favorite classic comedy radio shows. Fibber McGee and Molly was one of the longest-running and most successful radio shows in history, running from 1935 to 1959 and producing thousands of episodes, most of which still survive to this day. It starred Jim and Marion Jordan in the title roles, a real-life couple who had known each other since their teens and worked together in radio and vaudeville after their marriage in 1918. Fibber McGee and Molly took place in Wistful Vista, where the McGees won their home in a raffle, and the episodes were filled with Fibber's harebrained schemes and his wife patiently indulging him. Two spin-off shows were created eventually from two characters on the show, the Great Gildersleeve, featuring Harold Perry, and Beulah, featuring several actors as the McGees' maid. Favorite McGee and Molly spawned several feature films at the height of the show's popularity in the 1940s, and a television show in 1959 with a different cast and writers was a commercial failure. The radio show remains one of the most beloved radio comedy sitcoms to this day by OTR fans. So sit back and relax. For the December 26, 1939, and December 3, 1940, broadcasts of Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self polishing blowcoat present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Jimmy Shields and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Hi Ho. During this holiday season, a good many friends will be dropping in to wish you a happy new year. And no matter how friendly they may be, they'll be looking over your home with a critical eye. They'll notice your floors, your tabletops and woodwork, your windowsills, your lampshades. Now, if all these things are wax protected, you'll receive their compliments, because a gleaming coat of genuine Johnson's Wax adds rich beauty to your home, keeps dirt and dust from collecting, wards off scratches and smudgy fingerprints. The most careful housekeepers have discovered that genuine Johnson's Wax is the easy way to keep their home spick and span, at the same time saving many hours of work throughout the year. Johnson Wax floors grow more mellow, more beautiful with every waxing. They never need scrubbing. Johnson Wax Furniture and Woodwork is easy to keep clean, is protected against stains and dirty fingerprints. You'll find 100 extra labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax listed right on the package. You can buy this famous wax polish in either paste or liquid form. Order some tomorrow. Saying that house guests and fish spoil after the first three days. But Fibber's Uncle Sycamore must have had a head start, because here at the railroad station, waving goodbye to the old miser, who after a two day stay has just boarded the train for home, we find Fibber McGee and Molly.
3: Oh. Goodbye, Uncle Sycamore. Goodbye. Except
4: that rat is trying to pull out. My arm's getting tired waving. Goodbye, Uncle Sycamore. You old turtle. Oh,
5: look, Mickey. He's smiling at us.
4: That ain't us. He just thought of a way to dip the porter out of a tip.
5: Goodbye, Uncle Sycamore.
4: Goodbye. Ah, there he goes. Ah, well, thank
5: goodness.
4: For more reasons than one.
5: Goodbye, Uncle Sycamore. Goodbye. What a relief. wonder what time he'll get back to Peoria.
4: I don't know. I'll find out. Here's the information, though. Hey, Bud, when's that train get to Peoria? Well, let me look at the timetable in a minute. <coughs> Whoops.
3: Pardon me. And uh, now, uh, uh, let's see. Trains to Peoria. Oh, yes. Here we are. It gets to Peoria two a- hours after leaving Chilica... 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 After leaving Chilica... Chilica... Chilica. Don't worry. It'll get there. <laughs>
5: Well, incidentally, what time is it now,
3: sir? Well, it depends what kind of time you were inquiring, inquiring, asking about. Are there Central Standard, Eastern daylight, Mountain, Pacific, 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 It's
4: 11.30. <laughs> oh, thanks, Bud. We should have saved that guy for next week, Molly.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd
4: sound more natural the day after New Year's.
6: <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, come on, let's go home. Oh. Oh, sorry, little girl
6: <laughs> That's okay, mister
4: What you doing down here? <laughs> You're a little young to be interested in traveling salesmen
6: <laughs> I bet you I'm not, I bet
4: you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, you are
6: Oh, no, I'm not
4: Oh, yes, you are
6: Oh, no <laughs> Gee, do we have to do this every week, mister? <laughs> well, I know,
4: not if you quit arguing
6: I'm not arguing, I bet you <laughs>
4: Oh, yes, you are. Oh,
6: not. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs>
4: now, look, sis, all I said was you're not interested in traveling salesmen.
6: I am interested in traveling salesmen because my daddy is one and I'm waiting for him, I bet you.
4: Oh, why didn't you say so?
6: You didn't ask me.
4: Huh? Oh, well, no, I guess I didn't.
6: Didn't what? Huh? Didn't ask you. Ask me what?
4: Huh? huh? Hmm? <laughs> I says you can Oh, let it go. Run along and meet your daddy.
6: Okay, I guess I better. We got a wire for him, and he's awful upset about it. Oh. Somebody stole his briefcase off the train.
4: Uh-oh, they did, eh? Hmm?
6: <clears throat>
4: they stole his briefcase, eh?
6: Gee, did they? <laughs>
4: Dad, you said they did.
6: Sure they did, and there was a fortune in it, too, I bet you, and then some.
4: Oh, boy, what does your old man sell, diamonds?
6: No, magazines.
4: <laughs> How could there be a fortune in them things?
6: Well, there was, I bet you. There was a collier, a tickle, up the time, it click, and the fortune. <laughs> well, so long, mister. Oh, okay.
7: So
4: <laughs> well, well, come on, Molly, let's get out of
3: here. I'm All sure. right, Red Bags, get over to the Bits Carlton Hotel Library huh? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Call me a cab. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You better make it a couple of cabs. Load these bags in, the steamer roll, those briefcases, and the radio. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ooh,
4: get a load of Mr. Big. Who does he think we think he is, anyway?
3: I guess that's all, boys. Here's $10. Split that up among you. Wow, let's go. Yes. Oh, boy, 10 bucks. Hey, bud, let me carry a couple of them bags. Hey,
5: McGee, come back here. Shame on you.
4: That dreaded, Molly. Can't I pick up an honest penny without For two?
5: heaven's sakes, will you be quiet? I know that man.
4: What? You do? Why, sure. How come you know a big shot like that there?
5: Well, he wasn't a big shot when I knew him. He was only—oh dear—he sees
3: me. I beg your pardon, but aren't you Miss Driscoll of Peoria? Otis Mullet. Oh,
7: my, well, my isn't my, this so amazing? Fancy
3: running Otis. into you here. <laughs> oh, it's been so long. Oh, oh, my Otis. Well, it's just—I a... I really wouldn't believe you, it. Dear, you, hey, you! Have change a bit. All right, all right. Here's a quarter for a cup of coffee. Now run along, sonny. <laughs> Oh, Molly, it's good to see you again. How many years has it been?
5: Oh, wait a minute, Otis. Uh, McGee, where are you going?
4: I'm going to get a cup of coffee. You heard what the man said.
5: Oh. <laughs> My husband is such a joker, Otis.
3: Your your husband? Yes. That little squir- Oh, well, well, well. So little Molly Driscoll is married.
5: McGee, this is Otis Cadwallader, with whom I used to go to school with. Otis, this is me husband, Sibbert.
3: Oh, hi, Otis. Oh, glad to know you, Mr. Driscoll.
5: Uh, tell me, Otis, how long are you going to be in Whisper Vista?
3: Oh, just a short stay, Molly, business, you know. Uh, well, I'm sorry I ain't staying longer, Otis, old man. like to have you up to the house for supper. My dear fellow, I certainly wouldn't pass up a chance like that to talk to Molly. Oh, now, Otis. I'll tell you what. Let's just have a quiet snack at your house. Huh? You tell your butler you're not at home to anyone else. Oh, hey, 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 hey. now, wait a minute. I, uh, uh, we I'll be it. there at, oh, let's say around 8 o'clock. Oh. Well, I don't want to be late for my board meeting, so until 8. Bonjour, ma chérie. Bonjour, Monsieur. he will throw the tour <laughs> Ah,
5: oh, my, my. Think of meeting Otis Cadwallader right here in Wistful Vista, of all places. Yeah, I guess they're kind of letting the
4: bars down on immigration these days.
5: <laughs> now, you stop talking that way, McGee. Otis is a very nice man. <laughs> Not only that, I. Uh, well, I almost married him.
4: What? Well, let me be the first to congratulate you on getting me instead. <laughs> or am I the first?
5: <laughs> and, McGee, did you hear what he said about our butler and all? He thinks we're... Ri- I mean, how can we entertain a wealthy man like Otis
4: with all perish with us? Now, Molly, don't you worry about a thing. I'll fix everything. We can borrow some silver from Mrs. Uppington no, and billy no. the house up a little, and I'll get us a butler if I have to hire Arthur Treacher. Oh. No. Come on, let's take a cab. No, let's walk. I, 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 I can think better on my feet. On or with? Huh? Oh. Well, come on, we gotta hurry home. borrowed them rubber plants from Joe's tavern. (laughs) Nick DiPoclis let me take that marble statue out of his candy kitchen. Beautiful, ain't it?
7: Hmm. Who's it supposed to be?
4: I think he says it was Afro Dirty or something like that.
7: (laughs) Now, let's see. How
4: else can we impress that uh, million candle power X flame of yours?
7: Now,
5: look here, McGee. I want you to be very nice to Otis. Remember, he's a cultured, well-traveled...
7: What
4: do you mean, well-traveled? I've been further under the barn looking for eggs than that guy'll ever go.
7: Well, now, just
5: the same, Otis is a very nice boy. And what's more, our senior class voted him the man most likely to make something of himself.
4: Sure made something of himself, all right. I ain't saying exactly what, but... <laughs> I'll bet he'd whinny if you offered him a lump of sugar. <laughs>
5: All right, I thought you
8: were going to help me, and here you are. Come in. Oh, there, Mrs. McGee. Hello there, Fibber. Oh, it's Mr. Gildersleeve. How do you do, Mr.
5: Gildersleeve? Did you have a nice Christmas?
8: Why do we care whether
4: he had a nice Christmas or not? Oh, my. Any guy that'll take the attitude you did, Gildersleeve, over me shoveling off
8: your sidewalk, McGee, that's what I came over here for.
4: Yeah?
8: All Christmas Day, I was thinking this thing over. I came to the conclusion that I had been entirely wrong. It was a very neighborly thing for Faber to shovel off my sidewalk. Yeah, and I used my own show snubble, too. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I was wrong to quarrel about it. I want to apologize. Shake hands, McGee. Well, well.
5: McGee, shake hands.
8: Okay,
4: Molly, shake.
5: No. Not with me. With Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh.
4: Uh, Now, now, looky here, now. I don't want to go for any old stuff.
8: All right, all right, all right.
4: Forget it, Gildersleeve. Thank you, McGee. And I hope I can
8: make it right with you some way. I'll do anything you say to make amends. Oh, shucks. Gildersleeve, you don't have to.
4: Hey, wait a minute. You say you'll do anything? Just name it. Anything. Okay, Gildersleeve. You're a butler.
5: <laughs> oh, wonderful, McGee. Butler?
4: I don't understand, McGee. Look, Gildersleeve, we got a guest coming. A big shot, see?
5: And we'd like to make a good impression on him. So
8: you're going to act as our butler. Now, wait a minute, McGee. (laughs) Seems to me you're taking advantage of the situation.
5: Ah, now you promise, Mr. Gildersleeve. You betcha.
8: Oh, dear. Well, all right. When do I start?
5: As soon as you can get ready. We want you to serve dinner. And remember,
8: don't you cross us up. You go through with this all the way, see? McGee, when Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve makes a promise, there's no more to be said. Oh, my. I'll be the perfect butler. I'll go further than that. I'll go to a costume company and rent a uniform.
7: <laughs> <laughs> my
8: George, this might be fun after all. A butler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back, McGee. <laughs>
4: Well, we got a butler. Now, how about dinner? Is it going to be plain or formal?
5: Well, we're having corned beef and cabbage.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I suppose that makes it informal.
4: Yeah, we better not call it corned beef and cabbage in front of Otis. No. Oh no, we'll we'll call it uh, venison O'Malley or something.
5: <laughs> now about
2: that, if if I get.
5: Oh, hello, Mr.
6: Wilcox.
2: Hi, hello. Hello, folks. Uh, Johnson's Wax is positively the finest furniture and floor polish that money can buy. Hey. It protects and beautifies all wood surfaces and cuts dusting down to a minimum, thus mean? giving many more hours of leisure in which to enjoy the new beauty and spotlessness which it gives your home or office. Yeah, Johnson's what... Wax... Heavenly
5: is... days, Mr. Wilcox. What are
2: you doing? I'm telling the people about Johnson's Wax. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but that ain't
4: the
2: way we do it. Okay. Usually you come in with some tricky little... Well, why should I sneak in here with some phony alibi to get my sales talk across? I'm proud of Johnson's Wax. Well, Chuck, so are we, but... Why, certainly. So why should we beat around the bush all the time? Well, Let's come right out with it. Johnson's Wax is a great product and doesn't need to crawl into its own show with false whiskers. Oh, sure. Remember, folks, Johnson's Wax at your nearest dealers. Come on, kids.
7: Oh,
4: no. We can't let him get away with that there stuff like that there.
7: And, uh,
5: <laughs> why not? I thought he was very straightforward and sincere. Well,
4: that's just it. That guy's going to take all the mystery and glamour out of this business. Why, he'll ruin us. First thing you know, every sponsor on the air will think he has a right to bust into his program and start selling stuff.
5: Uh, Well, that is serious.
4: Well, I'll say that. Hey, Molly, what's that smell?
5: Oh, heavenly days, the corned beef and cabbage. i better run out and see how it's coming along. You get busy
8: now. Yeah.
4: Hey, maybe that's Otis now. Wish I had my shoes on.
8: (laughs) Come in. Oh, there, uh, McGee. I rented this butler's uniform at the costume company. <laughs> How do I look, kid?
4: Throckmorton? Uh, what? Throckmorton, as long as you are employed in this house, you will please maintain a more respectful attitude. <laughs> now go upstairs and lay out my brown coat and pants and the green sweater and tennis shoes.
7: <laughs>
4: now look here, McGee. I just came into this thing. you right, so listen here, Gildersleeve. You do what I tell you or the Here's Otis. Now, you remember your promise, Gildersleeve. Well, all right. Hey, Molly, Otis is here. you better slice the bread. Open the door, Throckmorton. Play, Billy.
7: Sing, Jimmy. I didn't
8: know what time it was Then I met you It was How sublime it was! Too. I didn't know what day it was. You held my hand, warm like the month of May. It was, and I'll say it was grand. Grand to be alive, to be young, to be mad, to be yours alone. Grand to see your face. But hear your voice say I'm all your
7: own I didn't know what here it was Life was not flight
8: I wanted love and here it was Shining out of your eyes Hear your voice, say I'm all...
4: Oh, here, take the rest of mine, Otis, old man. (laughs) I've hardly touched it.
7: (laughs) Well, uh,
4: thank you. I don't believe that I... uh... And uh, Throckmorton. Uh, Yes, sir? Mr. Cadwallader
3: is out of water.
5: Yeah, we want the waiter with the water for Mr. Cadwallader.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the same little Molly Driscoll, I see. (laughs)
5: Oh, now, (laughs) Otis.
4: And Throckmorton. I told you to give Mr. Cadwallader and Mrs. McGee the two good glasses and put the jelly glass at my place.
3: I'm sorry, sir.
7: Oh, it's
5: so hard to get good servants nowadays, Otis, you know.
3: Yes, I know. I have the same trouble in this country myself. Although the overseer of my castle in Scotland more or less takes those matters out of my hands.
5: Mm. We had to give up our castle in Scotland. Uh, mm -hmm. The Heather gave me husband the hay fever.
7: (laughs) Yes, sir. Throckmorton. Uh, yes, sir.
4: Run out to the icebox and get Mr. Cadwallader another olive.
3: <laughs> Very well, McGee. Uh, uh, odd sort of chap, Throckmorton. Been with you long? Oh, been with the family for years.
5: <laughs> Cad,
4: old man?
5: And he's so dependable, yeah. but with all the entertaining we do.
4: Oh, you entertain a great deal, huh? Oh, I'll say so, Otis. In fact, one of the patrons of the opera, the wealthy Mrs. Uppington, you know, said she might drop in tonight for a liquor.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
5: liquor, dearie. You see, Otis, so many of our friends are in the box
4: yeah. that, uh... Uh, In, uh, the box? Yeah, you know.
8: Well-heeled. Plenty of guilt. You know. <laughs> Beg pardon, sir. Your olive. Olive? Oh, yes, yes, thanks.
7: Throckmorton,
5: that's no way to serve an olive with the sugar tongs.
8: Sorry, madam, I couldn't find the ice pick.
4: And Throckmorton, Mr. Cadwallader would like more
8: cabbage. Yes, sir, more cabbage for Mr. Cardwobbler.
7: Dan
5: Wallader.
3: Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. A charming neighborhood, Miss Molly. Must be very restful after traveling so much of the year.
5: Oh, we find it so, Otis. Yeah, we got pretty good neighbors,
3: too, Otis.
4: Though we don't mix with them much. They're mostly middle class.
7: <laughs> Give
4: Otis a toothpick, Molly. This Dublin duck is kind of tough.
7: <laughs>
4: yes, Otis, we got pretty nice neighbors. Oh, except the one next door. <laughs> A bloke named Gildersleeve.
5: McGee, <laughs> be careful.
8: Well, Beg pardon, Mr. McGee. Your elbow. Huh? It's in the mustard again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now, thanks, Gildersleeve. or Throckmorton.
5: Oh, come, come, Otis. You're not eating anything. My goodness, you've been pecking at your food like a bird.
4: <laughs> yeah, a vulture. Oh, <laughs> Cat or old chap. <laughs> oh,
3: it's quite all right. Uh, Molly, I don't believe I can eat another thing, except I would like a cup of coffee.
5: Oh, all right, Otis. Uh, McGee, let's have coffee in the library.
4: Oh, it's too late, Molly. They close at seven
7: thirty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's excellent, Fido. Excellent. Oh no,
5: Fido. Oh,
8: yes, yes.
7: Fibber.
8: Answer the phone, Throckmorton. Answer it yourself. My feet hurt. (laughs)
7: Throckmorton.
8: Yes, madam. Uh, Sorry, sir. (laughs) McGee residence. Who? Just a moment, sir. I'll inquire. Uh, Beg pardon, Mr. McGee. Somebody about the radio.
4: Oh, tell him I'll pay him tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Don't thank me, I ain't paying you.
8: No, sir. <laughs> Hello? Yes? No, he refuses to speak, sir. I beg pardon? Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I see.
7: <laughs> yes, yes,
8: I'll tell him about it tomorrow.
7: <laughs>
8: yeah, yes, thank you, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> A little more dignity, please, Throckmorton. <laughs> yes, madam. <laughs> oh, uh, you pardon me, madam. I think I hear the good humor man with the dessert.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we have to make allowances for Throckmorton. Notice, he's been with us so long, he hates the whole family. <laughs>
8: Martin, answer the door. Yes, madam. <laughs> right away, madam. <laughs>
9: Oh, how do you do, Mr. Gildersleeve? It's, it's... I was hardly expecting uh, to beg say... pardon,
8: madam. Uh, Crockmorton is the name.
9: Oh, come, 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 Mr. Gildersleeve. I'd know you anywhere. <laughs> Even with that horrible uniform on. <laughs> oh, really, I didn't know I was intruding on a masquerade.
7: Uh, uh, the... Please, Mrs. Uppington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well,
8: it's, uh, it's difficult to explain, madam, but... <laughs>
7: <laughs>
8: Let me announce you, madam. Mrs. Abigail Uppington. Oh.
9: How do you do, Mrs. Uppington? So nice to see you. Oh, how do you do, my dear? And uh, Mr. McGee? Hi,
4: Uppy. Oh, uh, I mean... <laughs> how do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Uppy, shake hands with old friend of Molly's, Mr. Otis Catwallader. Oh, how do you do? How do you do?
9: Uh, won't you sit down
5: and have a shot of coffee, Mrs. Uppington? Brockmorton, <laughs> a Demitasse from Mrs. Uppington.
4: And put a saucer under it, too. <laughs> Let's do this thing right. Yes, sir. (laughs) Right away,
8: sir.
9: (laughs) Oh, please, Mrs. McGee, I can't stay, you know. I just wanted to explain why I couldn't loan you my silverware. Oh, we were just joking about that, Missus. Uppington. Joking? I'm afraid I don't quite understand. I'm
3: afraid there are some things here that I don't understand either.
9: Uh, Well, Mrs. McGee, will you explain this? Mr. Gildersleeve in that butler's uniform, I don't quite... Gildersleeve?
3: But I thought, why, you were speaking of a next-door neighbor named Gildersleeve, I believe. Uh, Well,
9: you see, Otis, we, uh, well... uh... Be
3: quiet, Throckmorton.
9: Brockmorton? Yes. Why, that's Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, I, I never heard of that. Well, I must say I resent being made the victim of such a stupid practical joke, whatever it is. Oh, now
5: wait, Mrs. Uppington, please. It's all very simple.
9: Uh, yes, you certainly are, all of you. Oh. So goodbye. <laughs>
4: quiet,
3: Throckmorton. You see, Otis, old man, this is all very embarrassing. Uh, never mind the explanations. I feel that I, too, am the victim of some practical joke. Molly, it's nice to have seen you. My hat, Throckmorton.
5: Oh, now, Otis, please.
3: Where are my gloves, Throckmorton? <laughs> In your hat, Mr. Catawalter. <laughs> Thanks.
8: Good evening, Molly. Well, I'll oh, be... Oh, a...
5: dear, oh, dear, me lovely
8: dinner. Ah, <laughs> oh,
4: what are you laughing at?
8: That telephone, McGee, about the radio. Remember? What well, <laughs> up? Those
4: repairmen didn't have no business dunning me over the phone.
8: That wasn't the repairmen. Well,
7: you said it was about a radio. Yes, it was.
8: That was the Pot of Gold program calling you. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
2: It's hard to realize that we've come to the end of another year and face the beginning of a new one. There will be many resolutions made this week, resolutions to do things better, to try harder, and to be happier. Let me suggest a very practical resolution. Never to scrub floors again. Never again to get down on hands and knees to that old-fashioned, back-breaking task of floor scrubbing. And may I suggest the easy way to keep that resolution? With Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Glowcoat will make your kitchen linoleum sparkle and glisten with practically no work at all. There's no rubbing or buffing with Glowcoat. You simply pour it onto the clean floor, spread it around, and in 20 minutes it dries to a beautiful, long-lasting polish. Glowcoat keeps the colors of linoleum bright and fresh, makes your whole kitchen more cheerful. Spots and stains quickly wipe up with a damp cloth. Now, aren't these good enough reasons for resolving to substitute the easy, safe Glowcoat method for tiresome floor scrubbing? Ask your dealer tomorrow for a can of Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat. Spelled G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T.
4: Sorry, folks, our time is up. Happy New Year and good night.
7: Good night, all.
2: This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self polishing Blow Coat Racing Wisconsin, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. <laughs> this is the National Broadcasting Company. The Johnson Wax Program. <laughs> the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Liza. <laughs> notice how important floors are in the appearance of a home, it is a fact that mellow, gleaming waxed floors bring out the beauty of everything in the room, adding a rich charm that you can acquire in no other way. Throughout America, there are countless floors that have been made more beautiful every year with genuine Johnson's Wax. Every application of this famous floor wax gives increased protection and beauty. Johnson's Wax gets down into the pores of the wood, seals out dirt, protects the finish against scuffing feet and sharp heels, and does away forever with tiresome floor scrubbing. There are more than 100 labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax in your home. It protects and beautifies furniture and woodwork, windowsills, parchment lampshades, and leather goods. You'll find these extra uses listed on the familiar red and yellow package of genuine Johnson's Wax. You can buy this wax in either the paste or liquid form, or in the cream wax specially formulated for furniture and woodwork. Try some tomorrow. National Apple Week has come and gone. So is National Donut Week. But do you know what this is? This is National, gee whiz, we positively got to make out that Christmas shopping list today for sure week. <laughs> and here at 79 Whistful Vista, pens in hand, wrinkles in brow, and no ideas in mind, we find Saber McGee and Molly. Oh, for
7: goodness
2: sakes,
5: McGee, Think. You're not being any help at all on this Christmas list. I'm thinking. You're no such a thing. You're just sitting there drawing little pictures.
4: Well, Dad, right at all deep thinkers draw pictures while they're thinking. Uh... And what you draw shows what kind of a thinker you are.
7: Uh... You see
4: these triangles and circles with the dots in them? That shows that at heart I'm a big business typhoon.
5: You mean Tycoon. Yes.
4: Tycoon was a ball player with Detroit. Uh...
5: That was Ty Cobb, dearie.
4: Well, then what's a typhoon?
5: It's a disease. My sister had typhoon and all her hair came out.
4: That's typhoid. Come to think of it, a typhoon is a big wind. Something like a Toronto.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that scribbling of yours proves you're just a big wind.
4: Uh-oh, <laughs> oh, 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 there's Mrs. Uppington. The slice of lemon in the social finger bowl.
5: Yeah. <laughs> to see her standing there with her head so high, you'd think she only had one chin. Yeah.
9: Come in.
4: Don't think she won't.
9: Ah, how do you do, Mrs. McGee and Mr. McGee? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're at home. Would you care to take a few tickets on our club
4: woman's raffle? Oh, you're raffling off a club woman? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Duffy. I wouldn't know what to do with her if I want.
7: No, please, fill- Mr.
4: McGee. Ah, stop it, you big tea. Oh, well, she?
5: <laughs> What's the raffle for, Mrs. Duffy?
9: Oh, for a very worthy cause, my dear. Oh. We're going to present the city with a new statue. Oh. A statue of who? Oh, uh, we'll think of somebody.
7: <laughs>
9: and now, how many chances will you take? Well, how much are the tickets, Abigail? Fifteen cents. And the first prize is a large sum in cash. Okay, I'll take one. Oh, oh uh,
5: so will I. Here's a
9: quarter, Mrs. Uppie. Here's a
4: half a buck. You got change, Uppie?
9: Well, no, I haven't, Miss McGee. Uh-huh. Now, let me see. I owe Mrs. McGee ten cents and you thirty five cents. Mm-hmm. That's forty five cents that I owe you both. Yes. Oh, here, I have a dollar bill. Have you got uh, fifty five cents more in change? No,
5: May? Me either. But I got another half a dollar.
9: Oh, well, you let me take that. I... Then I think I can work it out. Now, let me see. I owe you 55 cents. Uh, uh, a dollar five with that other half I gave you.
4: Well, uh, yeah. well why don't you deduct the ticket, which is 30 cents from the half a buck I gave you, and... Oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs>
5: well,
4: why don't you take the quarter and... and... Oh, that
5: won't do I well. tell you, how about the... No, no. Oh, I know, I
9: know. Now, here, you take this half dollar, and I... Oh no, that's wrong, isn't it? Now let me see. How much have I here? It's a dollar and a
4: quarter, and we owe you thirty cents.
9: Yes, exactly. Thirty cents from a dollar and a quarter is ninety-five cents. Here. Now, has anyone a nickel? Here, here's a nickel. Oh, splendid! And here's a dollar, huh? and here are your two tickets. Oh, and thank you so much. Goodbye. Well, see <laughs> <laughs>
5: here,
4: dollar and a quarter. Two tickets for fifteen, $15 cents. Thirty-five. Be... Let's see. I gave her a half a buck, and she. Hey, somebody got jipped on that deal. Was it us?
5: Well, search me. You ought to know. You're the big business, Tyrone.
4: That's typhoon.
5: It is not. A typhoon is a bottle that squirts soda water.
4: That's a siphon.
5: Siphons are snakes. <laughs>
4: Well, then
5: what's a python? A python is a snake
7: that looks like...
8: Gildersleeve.
7: <laughs>
8: Hello there, Mister McGee. Hello, Pibber. Hi, Pucky. <laughs> Say, hey, uh, do you mind if I borrow my coal shovel?
5: Why, certainly not, Mr. Gildersleeve. You can borrow your coal shovel any time you want.
4: Yeah, but don't forget to bring it back, Gildy. Last time you borrowed your coal shovel, you kept it for near two weeks.
8: I'm awfully sorry about that, McGee. But I paid a lot of money for that coal shovel, and... Well, I'd like to take a look at it now and then.
5: <laughs> what did you want it for? <laughs> what did you want it for, Mr. Gildersleeve?
8: Well, I wasn't home this morning and when they delivered my five tons of coal, the driver dumped it right on my front lawn.
5: Oh, that's too bad. Yes.
8: I called the coal company and they said one of the neighbors told him to dump it there. If I ever lay my hands on the long-nosed, interfering, meddlesome fool... Ah,
4: ah, 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 ah. Now, wait a minute, Gildersleeve. Be careful what you say about me.
8: (laughs) So it was you, was it? Was I. McGee, you ruined my lawn. I've got to shovel five tons of coal into the basement. And by George, you're going to help me. Who, me? Yes, you.
4: Gildersleeve, if you ain't the most brazen, high-handed lint head I ever saw... Here, I do you a favor by telling the coal men where to put the coal, and then you come barging in here and asking for your coal shovel to put the coal in the basement and demand that I help. Why? Why?
7: that's un-American. <an> <laughs>
5: I'd refuse to do it, dearie. He can't force you. No.
8: Oh, I can't, eh? No. I'll drag him out there by the scruff of the neck. Who drag who out by what scruff of whose neck?
4: You lay one pinky on me, Gildersleeve,
8: and I'll push your chest back up where it used to be. You will, eh? Why, you little pups heart. I'll shake you till your eyes roll around like a pinball game. <laughs> oh, yeah. You big muscle mus- er,
4: muscledown moose. I'll choke you till that foghorn voice yours sounds like a penny. I'll do worse than that.
5: Molly. Yes, dearie. Take Gildersleeve's name off of that Christmas list. It isn't on.
4: Well, write it on and then scratch it off again. I'll just give somebody else that Daisy Air
8: Rifle. You're a hard man, McGee. <laughs> Gee whiz, i I've always wanted a daisy hair rifle.
7: I'll
8: bet you don't know what I was going to give you. What? I won't tell. Oh, come on, I told you. Well, but you're not going to do it. You're mad at
4: me. I ain't mad at you, Gil. Honest. What are you going to give me? Well...
7: You know how you've always
8: wanted a boy scout knife with six blades.
7: <laughs>
8: oh, boy, a real scout knife, huh? One that's got a thing
4: on it that you can hang it on your belt with? Yes. Yeah. No, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Gildy, we, we shouldn't ought to argue like this here. It's too, too near Christmas. We ought to be full of goodwill and the Christmas spirit,
7: and brotherhood and
4: love for your neighbor and all stuff like that there. I'll help you shovel in your dirty old coal. <laughs> It isn't just on account of I'm giving you that scout knife. sleeve that knife never entered my mind.
7: Yeah. For a
5: while there, I thought it was going to enter your throat. <laughs> now, if you two anthracite athletes are going to shovel that coal, go ahead and do it.
8: Okay. Get your coat and hat, McGee. It's pretty cold out there. Okay. I got an old coat right here in this box. Yeah, well, hurry up. <laughs> oh. Oh.
7: Oh.
4: Gotta straighten up that closet one of these days.
7: <laughs> Come on, you! <get> <laughs>
4: Sleeve's got here, ain't it, Molly?
5: Oh, it's just beautiful. Well,
8: certainly is. Even
5: that big pile of coal is very effective. Mm-hmm. Contrasted with the white snow and all. Mm-hmm. Hey,
8: what are you two talking about? You've seen my front yard a thousand times. Pipe down, Gildersleeve. We're planting the scene. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me.
5: Well, get to work, boys. I can hardly wait to see McGee swing that shovel. Don't worry
4: about me. I suppose.
0: Well, hello there, kids. Oh, hi, old times. Hello How there, old times. You come putting for the holidays? Best you ever at. Make it myself. Will it keep? Indefinitely, Dollar.
4: Fine. Ask us again next year.
0: That's <laughs> ah. yeah, pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I hear it. You hear it? <laughs> the way I hear it. Wait a minute. How about you, Dr. Morton? Want to order plum pudding?
8: No, I don't. Mm,
0: good, huh? The way I hear it, one fellow says, the other fellow says, all right. Hey, wait a minute. Either of you folks want to order any mincemeat? Not me. I don't believe so. Okay. One fellow says, "Tell a fellow. Say, says, I see you're listening to Phil McGee and Molly. Gonna hear them again next week at this time? No, says, tell a fellow. Not if they this week, next time.
7: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: sorry you kids don't want any plum puddings. Yeah, it's going to be mighty good. <laughs> I didn't even know
4: you could cook, old-timer.
0: Can't, yeah, Johnny, but if I get enough orders by criminy, I'll learn. Come
7: so on. <laughs> <Ted. laughs>
8: All right, McGee, get busy. Now, you better start it off, Gildy. It's your shovel. Well, we can't rush into this now. Well,
5: now, listen. One of you better start, or I'll go back to the house and bring Uncle Dennis over. He'll do oh, it. Oh, no,
8: no, 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 no. Get busy, Gildersleeve. Come on, snap in. There.
7: All right. That's
5: it. There. Oh. Now I'll try shoveling some in with the window open. <laughs>
8: I thought I told you to go down there and open that basement window, McGee. I did open the basement window. You threw that in the living room.
7: <laughs> Here, let me take
4: that shovel. I'll show you how it ought to be done. With rhythm.
7: What do you mean, rhythm?
5: He means you've really got to swing that coal, Porter. <laughs> I didn't like it either. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Braycock. Well,
4: hello, folks.
5: Hi, Harlow. What's the matter? What do you mean, what's the matter? I mean, the way please staring at me.
4: What
8: have I done? It's what you're going to do that fascinates me, my boy. (laughs) What's he going to do, Gildy? You know as well as I do what he's going to do. Huh? He's going to give out with some advertising. Well, so what? I want to see how he gets into it, that's all. Two men standing over a pile of coal with a shovel. Now, how
2: can you get into Johnson's self policy goat goat from that situation? (laughs) Why, it's perfectly simple. What happens when you shovel coal in the snow? You get your feet muddy. Mm -hmm. You track it into the kitchen. With your wives care? Certainly not. Their kitchen linoleum is protected with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. The no-rubbing polish that shines as it dries. All she has to do is wipe up the muddy tracks with a damp cloth. No rubbing, no scrubbing, no mopping. Why, (laughs) Johnson's glow coat (laughs) writes its own sales talk in this situation. Why, George, I guess it does.
5: (laughs) Didn't even have to give it any thought, did you, Mr. Wilcox?
2: Why, of course not. I just looked down at that pile of coal there in the snow, and there it was, in black and white. Well, I'll see you later, folks.
7: (laughs)
4: Hey, Mark, my words, that guy's going to get stumped. And you know what'll happen then? No, what? He'll cut hey. the stump up into boards, build a floor, and cover it with linoleum, and go on from there.
7: <laughs>
4: uh, well, Gildy, what do you say we knock off for a little rest? Oh,
8: that's a good idea. Uh,
5: well, for goodness sakes, you've thrown one shovel full of coal into that cellar, and you stop to rest. Uh, I'm going to go back to the house and finish that Christmas shopping list.
8: Hey, Molly, make us a
4: pot of coffee, will you? We'll be kind of tired and cold before long.
5: Yeah, the way you've been working, I suggest tea and lady feeding. I'll be back in the huff with the stuff.
8: Well, let's say we get going, Trump Gildy. Yes, yes, it gets we better. Yeah. Hey, you start, McGee. I want to light a cigar. No, you start. I want to unwrap a stick of gum. Well, that's all right. No hurry. Yeah. This coal has been on the ground two million years. I guess it can wait five minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I'll say so. It's the Russian scurry of modern living that's devitalizing the human race. Yeah. <laughs> I made
7: it.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> gum, uh, No, thanks. Uh, have a cigar? No, oh, thanks. Thank ah, there's nothing harder in the world than shoveling coal, is there?
6: <laughs> Hi, mister. Hi, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, hello, little girl. Hi, sis. Hi. What you doing? Please watch it.
4: We're shoveling this coal into Mr. Gildersleeve's basement, and we're very busy. So you better run along. We got
6: steam heat in our house, I betcha. Well,
4: so have I, little girl.
6: Well, oh, and what you want the coal for?
4: <laughs> the coal is what makes the steam, sis. <laughs> oh.
6: <laughs> oh.
4: That's that's right, little girl.
6: Oh, <laughs> uh, how can all that black coal make all that white steam?
4: Now look, sis, we ain't got time to delve into the physical and chemical aspects of the matter, but roughly the steam is a result of combustion in the form of a vapor. You know what a vapor is.
6: Sure I do, I bet you. We got one on our windshield.
8: Oh, my goodness. Windshield vapor. No, 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 little girl.
6: Hmm?
8: Let me explain this. Steam is the result of the evaporation of water under extreme heat. you know what makes the whistle blow on a steam engine.
6: Sure. The engineer. Yes. Now,
4: wait a minute, sis. The simple fact remains that we've got to get this coal shoveled in, see? Mm-hmm. Like everybody else, Mr. Gildersleeve has got to keep warm this winter, you know.
6: Jesus, does everybody in the world use coal, mister?
4: Practically, yes. Well, with few exceptions, such as Ireland. In Ireland, they burn peat. Peat who? Not peat
8: anybody, just peat.
6: Oh, an orphan, huh? <laughs>
8: no, not an orphan. A peat, little girl, is semi-carbonized vegetable matter.
6: Well, gee... Hmm?
8: You better let me handle
4: this, Ghostly. Uh, now, look, little girl.
6: All righty. I'll try to explain. See, they'll be peachy, mister. Go ahead. Oh, I will, if you'll quit interrupting me.
4: You see, the cold. I the... won't
6: interrupt anymore, I bet you anymore, uh, Bessie.
4: That's fine.
6: Now, then, you see. Because cold... interrupting people isn't polite, is it? No, it
7: isn't. Now, for the love of
4: peace.
6: If you love peace, why do you burn him? <laughs> oh,
7: sure. Take it,
8: Gildy. Okay. <laughs> now, look here, little girl. We're very busy, so you run along and play, so we can... uh, I
6: can't, I bet you. Not till I give you the message.
8: What message?
6: My daddy went hunting and he brought back a deer. He wants to know if you and Mr. McGee can come over tomorrow night for a vanishing dinner. <laughs>
4: oh, you mean a venison dinner, don't you see it? Do
6: I?
8: Sure. Okay. You tell your father we'd be delighted to come, little girl. Oh, no, not for me, too, sis. This is the first we've ever been invited to your house. Yes, first time for me, also.
6: I know it. Papa said he couldn't resist the opportunity, I bet you.
4: What opportunity? This is
6: just a venison dinner, isn't it? Sure, but he said he could hardly wait to see you two passing the bus to each other at close range. <laughs> <laughs>
2: King's men sing The Bad Humor Man.
8: (laughs) Hey, little kiddies, do you hear that noise?
7: Better
0: fly, better fly, better
8: fly. Here comes the enemy of girls and boys. What a guy, what a guy, what a guy. Hear his bells, hear Hear him yell. (laughs) Drop your philosophies and drop your toys and run! On the street Slowly sings ding ling As he goes on his way With his wagon rumbling He keeps crumbling
7: Gee, it's an awful day <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Up,
8: every morning At the break of day What
7: a life, what a life What a life
3: Cold cup of coffee On the breakfast tray What a life, what a life What a life All a life. day long
8: On his dreary way he sings this song. Tingling, tingling, tingling. I'm the bad humor man. Tingling,
7: tingling,
8: tingling. I got a frown on my hand. Oh, I don't like anything, don't no I hate people and they hate me. Grouchy old fella, indeed, is he. All hanging to, hang him to a sour apple tree.
4: is grimy, but are you as groggy as I am, Gildersleeve?
8: I'm pretty tired, McGee, but it's
4: good for us. Gives tone to the muscle. Yeah, and at the next tone signal, that's my muscle signing off. If it wasn't for that scalp knife, you're giving me Gildersleeve. Oh, here comes Molly with a pajada, ha hot coffee. Welcome, Mrs. McGee, welcome.
5: When, when? Which one of you boys is aiming?
4: Yes. Now don't twit us, Molly. We're all wore
5: out. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Will Mammy's little cold black rose have a mug of Yeah,
8: thanks. You know, this is mighty nice yeah. of you, Mrs. McGee. Oh,
5: not at all, not at all. How many lumps, Mr.
8: Gildersleeve? There's about a half a ton there. We'll be be- oh, oh you, you mean sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, two, please, and a few drops of cream. Uh, Where the
0: cream shakes, Fisher and Mrs. McGee and Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello. Good day, Mr. DiPopolis. Hi, Nick. Hey, I don't like to be making any drag or terrible remarks, but why don't you wash your faces?
7: <laughs> My
0: goodness, I didn't know you could get so dirty on the radio. <laughs> <laughs>
7: well,
4: you can't shuffle coal without getting a little grimy, right. Nick.
7: Too bad you weren't
5: here a couple of hours ago, Mr. DiPopolis. You could have helped him.
0: Oh, not me, Chupi. It's too stunning for for me. My doctor says I must not do any violent exercises. You know, I've tried it. Oh,
8: have you got arthritis?
0: Sure, he's my doctor, Dr. Stanopoulos i tried it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's he treating you for, Nick? Two dollars a visit.
4: Oh, what have you got?
5: A dollar and a half, but my credit is good, sweetie. <laughs> now, now, this isn't getting us anyplace. Where do you want to get, Supi? My cart is
0: right around the corner.
5: No, it's just an expression, Mr. Depopolis. I'm not going anywhere. I'm waiting to see these two chevaliers get the rest of that coal in.
8: <laughs> we just stopped for a breathing spell, Mr. McGee. Uh, you don't mind
4: if we breathe, do you?
0: I don't care if you have bell bottom pants. But I wish you'd get through and clean yourself up. Me too, Cupid. I think they are a disgraceful to the neighborhood. You know what I would do if I was shoveling all that coal? What would you do? I wouldn't
4: do it. You...
7: <laughs>
0: well, I'd better be getting along, and don't forget, we want you all to come over to our house for Thanksgiving.
4: Thanksgiving? Hey, that's eleven months and two weeks away.
0: <laughs> we can wait. So long, Al. <laughs>
5: Boys, get busy. You'll catch Cole standing around here like this.
8: Okay, Mrs. McGee. I'll take the rest of it. Uh,
7: you go. Uh, nice going, Gildersleeve. Uh, uh, thanks,
4: Chum. And I'll have to admit you've been a great help to me. Oh, it was nothing that any red blooded, clean
8: living American boy wouldn't have done, Gildersleeve. Oh, yes, it was, McGee. Huh? My goodness, the way you've toiled and slaved to help me today. With your little biceps quivering and your frail little legs tottering. I ain't got legs like a frail.
5: Uh. (laughs) Don't you get it, Molly? He says
4: something about my frail little... legs.
5: Ain't funny, McGee.
4: Oh, well, they're all tired anyway.
5: Now, come on. Put your coat on before you catch a death of cold.
4: My coat? Where did I put my... Hey, you know what I done?
7: No, uh, what'd you do, McGee? When
4: well, I went down to open your cellar window, I laid my coat down on the basement floor. And you know where it is now? Down in your basement under five ton of What? Huh? It's
7: yeah.
8: a good thing it's an old coat. I'll give it back to you in the spring, McGee. Yeah. Uh,
5: for goodness' sake, McGee, I don't think that's anything to laugh about. Huh? Go down
9: there right away and dig it out.
4: Oh <laughs> no, sir, not me. I'm all wore out now.
8: I
9: yeah, was. <laughs> Huh? Oh, Mr. McGee, I have wonderful news for you. What well, is this, Mrs. Uppington? You've won first prize on our raffle. What? Well,
8: that's wonderful. I
9: did. won first prize? Yes, on you the Now, oh. give me the ticket, Mr. McGee, and I'll give you the prize right now. The, the
0: tickets?
5: Yes, the raffle tickets, McGee. Where
4: are they? Oh, I, hey, I, I left them tickets in my coat pocket, and my coat is down under the... Oh, no. <laughs> no. I wouldn't shovel five tons of coal again for $100. Oh, but Mr. McGee, the prize is $100. What? <laughs> it is? Give me that shovel, Gildersleeve, and get out of my way. What are you going to do? I'm going to shovel five tons of coal again for $100. <laughs> Come
7: on. <laughs>
2: hours of work do you save in a year by using Johnson's self-polishing glow Coat? Well, it's a good many, I can tell you. Enough to do plenty of other things. Bridge, movies, playing with your children, or just plain and fancy sitting around. Glowcoat is a valuable time saver. It does away with tiresome floor scrubbing and requires no rubbing or buffing. Practically no work at all from you. And yet, glow Coat makes your floors very beautiful. Keeps the colors of your linoleum bright and fresh. Makes the linoleum last longer. No wonder Johnson's Glow Coat has gone on month after month, increasing in popularity. If you're not a Glow Coat fan, try this easy-to-use floor polish just once on your kitchen floor. Oh, and by the way, when you're looking for practical, inexpensive Christmas gifts for your friends, why not consider either Johnson's Wax or Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat? I can assure you they'll be as welcome as they are useful.
7: Tons of coal. Easily <clears throat> a hundred bucks. I going
4: to need to bury my coat. Off.
7: Look
4: at these calluses. Okay, Molly, okay, you've done enough. Hand me the shovel, I'll do the rest.
7: Good night. Good night, all. <laughs>
8: This is Harlow Wilson, speaking for the makers of Johnson Black and Johnson Self you to be with us again next Tuesday night.
1: Good night. I hope you enjoyed those two episodes of Fibber McGee and Molly on this special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast. And I'll remind you again if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps grow our listenership and it keeps us going. Take care, and we'll see you next time. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening.
7: Yay!